Thank you, ladies. Beautiful how they play together. Thank the Lord for it. Hope you had a good day today. Enjoyed some time with family if you were able to. Hope you made that phone call if you had the opportunity to. Uh, to wish your mother or uh, whatever grandmother in your life a happy Mother's Day and, and trust you're able to uh, enjoy the day in which you had. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians in the fifth chapter. Ephesians chapter 5. We began to work on my heart on this regarding this message, I believe, back in February. Uh, you don't always hear that from me. Sometimes it's 10 years ago or 12 years ago or something like that. But uh, this message is one of the newer ones. And it'll be a, a series of a, just a couple of messages regarding the Christian home. And the Lord began to uh, deal with my heart regarding what if we would take uh, the, uh, and let me just present this to you, what, what if we take the roles, the responsibilities, and began to think about those words, you know, the role of the Christian husband or the responsibility of the Christian husband. And I thought it really began to sound academic almost, and I didn't want it to sound academic. In fact, I looked up in a dictionary the word responsibilities, or I looked in a thesaurus, actually. I like using a thesaurus and have one always at my desk. And uh, the thesaurus presented like ideas of responsibilities to everyday jobs, household tasks, farm duties. I really like that one. Uh, errands, odd jobs, and tasks. Well, I didn't want to liken your responsibility as a husband to taking out the trash, okay? Uh, so I didn't think that was very good. And so I started to think of the word ministry, and I thought, at first I really liked the word, and then I remembered one of my favorite books on marriage is called The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Binney, who preached here a number of years ago. And I really liked how he presented marriage as a ministry to one another and how we fulfill a ministry to our spouse. And so I, I came around maybe a different way in coming to that word, but I really began to uh, work on this idea of having a ministry to our spouse and fulfilling that. And I began to consider what, our, what I would consider our major ministries to be as husbands. Uh, there are three of them, all starting typically with the letter L, as according to how it was laid out to me and uh, given to me over the years. It was taught that as a husband, you are to lead your wife. As a husband, you are to love your wife. And as a husband, you are to learn about your wife. Now, I don't think that's the fulfilling of all your ministry. I think there are other things that can be included, but these three can be some of the major ideas that are presented to us in Scripture. And I began to research the three of them and to see if there is some type of a biblical order to them. Couldn't really find anything that would give us a biblical order to them, but I did as I meditated on uh, the three of them come to what I conclude to what I believe there'd be some type of a practical order to them. Not saying necessarily that one is more important than the other, but if we'd emphasize one before the other, I, I think it could make uh, our wives uh, to uh, accept their ministry to us more easily. 
I think it can make them more effective as well. And so as I began to look at the three L's uh, of the husband's ministry to his wife, I, w- I looked at those three of, of leading, loving, and learning. So what I want to first do is present us the scriptures for those three and then began to look even more deeply at it to what can we do, can we align them in such a way that could make us more effective in our ministries within our home. So tonight, I'm looking closely at your family and starting off with the husbands, let's begin with a word of prayer. Your Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the opportunity you give us within a home to minister to one another. I pray that we don't merely look at it as this is my duty or this is what I have to do. This is merely what I'm responsible to do, just like uh, some household chore even mentioned in uh, the the thesaurus is something similar. I don't want us to look at it that way. I, I really believe you have a ministry in mind, that we are to minister the wife in a leading way and in a loving way and in a learning way. And so I just pray that the arrangement even of this message will uh, help us to understand how we might become more effective in our ministry to our spouse uh, by this message tonight and by the scriptures they're used. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's first of all basically just walk through the passages uh, regarding this idea. And there was no one passage that covered all three. So I couldn't find, a, again, a priority or reference. Now, I'm not doing this to make it easier. You can say, ah, you're just trying to make uh, it easier for the husband to do what he's supposed to do. I'm not, but I think it could become that. My primary goal is to make us more godly and make us more effective. So let's first of all look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 23. And, and this section of the message, I believe, will flow kind of quickly, or it's supposed to at least. It says, for the husband, in verse number 23, is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So it positions the husband as the head. When we consider the way it has been likened in other passages of Scripture, it really does promote the idea of a leading position. In 1 Corinthians 11, you don't need to turn there, but it says, but I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of, every, of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So again, he's establishing an order of authority, and so he says, I, I have placed a husband to be the head of the home. I placed him there uh, to make the decisions to lead the home in the direction that it would go. On, that it would go. Just a couple of verses later, it begins to then present the idea of of love. It presents the ministry of the wife in between there. We'll look at that secondly, uh, and that is not this week, but another week. Uh, look at verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, both of these ministries have been likened to Christ and his ministry to us as a church. Husbands are to be the head like Christ is the head of the church, Husbands are to love like Christ 
has loved the church and gave himself for it. Then drop down to verse 28. We'll come back and look at verses 26 and 27 later. He says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And the idea we are now one flesh, uh, the idea that you are actually going to benefit yourself by properly loving your wife. And so the second uh, ministry that a husband I, I show to you here tonight would have toward his wife is that of love. So first of all, leading, that of loving. And then turn with me to First Peter. Now we're going to come back here, so you may want to put a finger here if you'd like. Well, first Peter chapter 3, please. First Peter chapter 3. This is in a section of verses uh, regarding how we are to respond especially to those who don't know the Lord or to those who obey not the word. But I believe it has a practical, broader, more practical application to it as well and should be applied to all of us as men toward their wives. It says, Likewise ye husbands, who first dealt with the wives in verses 1 through 6, now just in verse number 7 to the men, Dwell with them according to knowledge. So the dwelling is supposed to be with a knowledge of the one you are dwelling with, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. I was recently talking to a friend of mine, and he said he was in a court appearance, a sad situation where, he had gotten away from the Lord, actually married someone who was not a believer. And the because of the way that the marriage was going, a believer with an unbeliever, uh, she turned against him and uh, took him to court and filed for divorce and filed for child custody. And one of the things that the lady presented to the judge at the child custody was the fact that he's a Christian and Christians believe that men are better than women. Well, how do, you, how do you speak to that? Well, thankfully, the Lord had put a judge there wise enough and knowing the scriptures well enough. And he says, well, the Bible doesn't say that men are better than women. The Bible just says that men are different than women. Well, praise the Lord for a judge that understood that. Uh, let, me, let me just mention here briefly, the, God made him the head and gives some reasons for that. But he has never said that I made the man the head of the wife because he's better than the wife. This word head here and the word uh, and the understanding of this passage here was likened unto and the same term was used for a headstone or a cornerstone. Now let's just stop and think about this a moment. Is the headstone better than all the other stones in the foundation? You'd have to say no. Is it stronger than every other uh, stone in the foundation? In that situation, you can't even say yes to that. You'd have to say no to that. Uh, if uh, the headstone was the only strong stone, then the foundation would crumble because the other stones were weaker. It just has a more prominent place as a place of recognition, not because it's a better stone. It's just been put in a more prominent place. So I want us to understand that as men. Uh, just because God has made you the head of your home doesn't mean you are better than your wife. Uh, doesn't mean you have more knowledge than your wife. 
especially depending on what area it is, she may have much greater knowledge than you do. Uh, I could give numerous examples of that in my home, but uh, one, Karen's a registered nurse, still has her registered nurse's license. Uh, When it comes to nursing, don't ask me. I'll just tell you to cut it off, and uh, you'll grow another one back. (laughs) No, I wouldn't tell you that. But I definitely don't, I don't understand nursing near like Karen does. Uh, don't understand cooking near like Karen does, don't understand gardening and growing things near, you know, a number of things I don't know more than she does. And so I'm not a better person than she is. In fact, most times she's a better person than I am. And uh, so I don't want us to come away from this, the idea of uh, the husband's a better person, therefore no, but the husband is to give honor and to take knowledge and it says, as unto the weaker vessel, like, like having a weaker vessel. I do believe physically men are generally stronger than ladies are. And God has uh, granted to them sometimes more physical tasks than he has to the lady. But I want us to thoroughly understand that the important part of this is the husband is to learn. You're to dwell with them according to knowledge. And he does say another part here I think is interesting, as being heirs together of the grace of life. Yeah, we're no better than they are. We're both heirs together of the grace of life. And if we're not lovingly learning and taking care of our wives, our prayers are hindered. Uh, So depending on the way you respond to your wife may limit the effectiveness of your prayers. So these are the primary ministries, in part. There are other ministries that a husband is to have in taking care of his wife and providing for his family. But I got to begin to ponder, what if one was emphasized over another? I counseled somebody many years ago, not part of the flock here. Uh, in fact, I know several that I've counseled this way over the years uh, that were just overpowering in this idea of demanding submission out of their wives and their wife would have no say of anything within the home. And so what did they do? They, they took that position of leading and made it the primary part of their ministry and demanded submission out of their wives. And it did so in a very unloving way. So here they are fulfilling one ministry and not fulfilling another. It became very difficult for the wife to submit because of the way she was being treated. Uh, in throughout and throughout the relationship that they had. Well, I liken that, and the Lord has said to pastors to lead. Uh, this message is not about that. It especially talks about it in First Peter chapter 5, but it says in that leadership that you are supposed to be shepherding, meaning feeding the flock, tending to the flock, overseeing, which has the idea of looking to the need thereof, And then with that knowledge, based on the knowledge you have, then leading them. And uh, in that passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, it's not by constraint, uh, and it's not by being overbearing. And so sometimes I may come across as being overbearing or constraining. I I don't mean to be, and sometimes I need to correct my own personality and character. I, I need to be loving first and taking care in that way so that I don't come across that way. And when I do, I've failed. I've failed in my leadership, and I've failed in what I am supposed to do. So like as a pastor can sometimes fail by emphasizing the leadership too much, hey, I'm the pastor here. 
Uh, some of you have recalled one time sitting in a service and said, uh, uh, heard a pastor say, well, last time I know my name's still out on the sign, so uh, I, I call the shots here. Well, that's pretty dangerous ground to walk on. I'd say my name wouldn't be out in the sign very long uh, if I had that kind of an attitude here, and I trust that to be true. So the question I began to ask myself, if these be some of the primary responsibilities uh, a husband is to have or the primary ministries a husband to have, is there really a practical order? Ladies would say, you know, submission's a challenging thing, especially if you're not sure he really loves you and especially if he's never really learned who you are. How can you follow his leadership when he's never demonstrated that love first and he's never really gotten to learn you first? We as Christians, and you can turn back in your Bible if you'd like now to Ephesians chapter 5. We as Christian men, I believe, could make submission for our wives easier if we ministered to them. Uh, I wrote down a series of questions. I'm not asking for ladies to raise their hand, nod, or do anything. But I think, wives, that you would find it easier to submit to your husband if your husband was more like Christ. What if you found that he loved you more than anyone else? What if he knew you and your needs? Would you find it easier to submit to him? What if he were less self-centered? What if he communicated better? Boy, I'm not going to pause there very long. Uh, guys, we're notoriously poor at that. Uh, what if uh, his decisions were more focused on what he wanted than what was better for the family? Uh, would it be better, to, easier to follow him if his decisions were more focused on the family needs than his own desires? Would it be easier to follow him if he got your input first? Would it be easier to follow him if you knew that most of his decisions were grounded by Scripture? I think the ladies say, yeah, it would be easier to follow someone like that. Someone who's more like Christ. Someone who loves me more than anybody else. Someone who's learned what my needs are and uh, makes decisions based upon the need of the family instead of just his own desires. Uh, someone who's not self-centered, but is focused on loving and caring for us. Someone who's willing to stop and ask me, what do I think before making some of these critical decisions? You know, submission takes an element of trust, doesn't it? I don't know how many of you, I, I think as Christians we have found we can trust the Lord. Is that true? We can trust the Lord. Does that make it always easy to submit to what he wants? I don't find that it does. I know I can trust him, but sometimes that, that element of the flesh gets in there. That element of our personal desires, sometimes our own pride gets in there. And sometimes it makes my ability to submit to him difficult because I'm too filled up with myself. 
And if I thought it, and I thought about it, if it's that way in my relationship with Christ, how much more must it be for a lady? She must feel, in some senses, I'm trying to present the feelings of a lady, and I apologize. I'm not good at that. But you have to sometimes feel vulnerable. You have to sometimes feel endangered. Because the person making these decisions isn't really considering you and isn't really consulting you and isn't really demonstrating a lot of love towards you. And while the command is there to submit, it must be very difficult at times. And I thought, what if we as men would think through what our ministry is to be to our wives? Would we help them? Could we make them more like Christ? and more submissive to the Lord's will. So going back through it, I began to just uh, and flush it out in my own mind. And I began to think, well, the greatest command is what? Love. The greatest command toward God is love. The greatest command toward mankind is love. I think that our greatest ministry probably is that of love. Now let me stop, hit, a, hit kind of the pause button. I do that sometimes in our meetings. I, I hit the pause button. I touch the cap of the, the water bottle usually on the table. Let's pause the discussion we're having. Let me do a sidebar here for a minute. Now th- this could be really important, especially in parenting and young people in relationships. Whether you call it courting, dating, whatever you want to call it as you raise your families, and I'm not going to command what you call it, but I I think your relationships of your children ought to be with parental guidance and some parental influence. I think that parents should take hands off and just let their children go out there and seek to find whoever they want. Put your children in very dangerous ground. Okay, are we agreed? Call it what you want, but, but I think in that, if we have children that would seek to uh, love one another first and learn about each other first, it would make the submission and the leadership much more valuable once they got married. Now again, I'm not talking about lust, and I'm not talking about physical contact, that because then you're not learning, uh, you're, you're just making that relationship all about one thing. But I'm talking about if we would actually sacrificially uh, love each other and, and learn about each other in that relationship before marriage, how much more effective our marriages would be. Because we put things in a proper order. Uh, In fact, I I think sometimes young ladies, if you find a young man who is just demanding and ordering things and and never giving consideration, you know, hit the stop button. Ask for your intervention of your father and hit the stop button on that relationship because the relationship isn't to be that way. And and you can get a, uh, you can stop a lot of things before it ever gets to the point of marriage and then it's seemingly too late for everything. So again, just, just a little side note there. Uh, fathers and, and, and mothers be involved in those relationships and, and make sure it isn't off balance and, uh, and directed in the wrong direction. But So as we as husbands then, if we would love first. Now let's go back here to Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to notice, I, I did skip over a couple of verses. And it wasn't because I didn't understand them or didn't know what they were going or they didn't fit in the message. They do. So let's begin in verse number 25. Again, husbands, love your wives, even as 
Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So there's sacrifices being made. In this loving relationship, a man ought to be making sacrifices for his wife. Uh, That's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. Uh, God made sacrifices for us. But then look as it develops that. That he makes those sacrifices that he might present, uh, sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of the water of the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, having, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So this love is not a lust that, that demeans a young lady. This is a, a love that lifts her up and makes her more like Christ. So if we as men would focus on having a sacrificial love for our wives, one that is considering her needs above our own, uh, one that is considering the uh, situations that are going on in, on in her life, I really believe that really sets the table then to, all right, if I'm going to love her properly, then I need to learn her better. Uh, as we get toward Mother's Day, what would your wife rather get, flowers or chocolate? Do you even know? Uh, I would say both for my wife and a little bit of coffee on the side of that. Uh, and she'd be really happy. No, no. So again, do we, do we really know or do we just go off of the, ah, oh, most guys get this for my wife, I'll get her that. Maybe that wasn't what she wants at all. Do you really know her? Have you really taken the time? By the way, to know someone means to ask questions, to have conversations, uh, to really learn one another. And so I really began to consider this. If I would first love Karen with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I mean, not as unto the Lord, but uh, greater than any personal human being, and then if I would begin to learn her, really get to know her, and really begin to know what her fears are, begin to know what her passions are, begin to know how God, she believes God wants to use her in life, then and only then can I properly lead her. I can't lead her without really first loving her and learning her. And leadership isn't some one-sided decision-making. Again, now knowing what the, uh, the strengths are and knowing what the fears are, only then can I make those proper leadership decisions. Let me bring an example. I won't have you turn there, but one I've always been impacted by uh, since I've known the truth, was found when, do you remember the situation? And maybe you don't, maybe you've never read this part of the story, but Abraham uh, and Sarah, uh, they, and there was Hagar and Ishmael. And Ishmael was now mocking Isaac. I don't know if you remember that portion of the story or not. But this was really troubling to Abraham. Now, and let me just read a portion of two of the verses when there was a conversation really between uh, Sarah and Abraham regarding this mocking, and this really had uh, the irritation of Abraham. And this thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight. 
because of his son. So he is very grieved that this Ishmael would be mocking his son. In reality, they're both his sons. Am I not correct? They are both his sons. But he he has raised one up to an area of prominence. And God said unto Abraham, listen to this, God said to Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad. Wow. You're all worked up about your son. In a sense, God's saying, get over it. And he goes on to say this, In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be... So what is the Lord saying? Listen to the advice your wife gave you. What if he never got advice? Or what if he dismisses her advice all the time? Man, we got to be really careful. I learned this the hard way, and I learned it too late in life. But sometimes as we were going through life, uh, something would be important to Karen, and I thought it was trivial. And so she might bring it up, and, and I'm just being open. I try to be an open book here, uh, sometimes brutally, but... Uh, sometimes, because I didn't think it was that important, I wouldn't even respond. And I thought later, as I got more mature, as I got more mature, there's more maturity needed, but I thought, you know what, if it's important to her, it ought to become important to me. That's my wife. That's my best friend. And so I learned too late in life that if it's important to her, whether or not I naturally think it's important, it all of a sudden becomes important to me. Because that, my making a decision regarding that now impacts how she feels. Maybe more threatened, maybe more fearful, maybe struggles more, especially if I make a decision without asking then, uh, what is she thinking, what is she feeling, what has she seen, what does she know? Again, sometimes, men, we dismiss the opinions of our wives and we just kind of blow it off. And I tend to ask this question, do they eventually stop sharing because it never seems to matter to us anyway? Men, we we like to talk about, I'm the head of my home. If anything, we ought to say, I am the one that loves most in my home. And I am the one that's really trying to get to know my wife and her needs so that I can properly lead. Think about the Lord's leading us. He isn't some dictator over our lives. He has full right to be a dictator over my life, but he loves me and leads me in such a gentle way. I should do the same. And I'm not trying to take away your leadership, but I'm trying to improve it. Again, we can become ministers to our wives. We can make this relationship open and communicating and make it flourish 
we can make it that when we have to make a decision, and sometimes men, we're going to have to make a decision that our wife may not agree with, but we've considered everything, we've prayed about it, we've taken it before the Lord, and we really believe this is the Lord's will. And I, I would guard you to not make those decisions against your wife's opinion without talking to the Lord and making sure it is the Lord's will, because the Lord uh, sometimes gives some tremendous insight to our ladies. But I tell you, what we need to do is make sure it's the will of the Lord, and sometimes we need to go forward and very lovingly present that to our wives. You know, I, I, honey, I know what you have said, and I, I've taken that into consideration greatly, but I still believe this is what God wants us to do. And while it may not become easy for the wife, it becomes easier if she's seen you repeatedly throughout life, really loving her, really learning her, really trying to make careful decisions that aren't self-serve. Men, let's take a closer look at our marriage. How are we presenting ourselves in the home? Are we just demanding for everybody to follow and doing whatever we say? Or are we loving first, learning well, and then leading carefully? That's what we ought to be doing in our Christian homes. Let's close with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Your Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm trying to just present biblical truths that will help us, uh, trying at times even to admit my own weaknesses so others won't fall in the same way that I have. Uh, Father, we've been blessed with a number of young couples here, families here of all ages. And Father, while it looks well, usually and for the most part here at church, sometimes it doesn't look the same at home. And some of our wives may really be struggling because the husband isn't like Christ and the husband is very self-centered. And the husband often does make decisions solely based on what he'd like to do. And he's never really demonstrated and shown that love for his wife. Never really gotten to know her and her needs. So that then finally can make the proper decisions that are best for the home. And sometimes uh, as men we have dismissed the opinions of our wives. We have belittled some of their thinking, some of their ideas. Uh, we even sometimes belittle what they're doing in the kitchen or belittle what they're doing in the homemaking as if we're controlling every aspect of the home. And so, Father, I, I just pray that you would help us as Christian men to look at our ministry with our wife and really stop and first ask, am I ministering to my wife? by the obligations the Lord has given to me? And am I ministering in a loving way? Am I ministering in a learning way? Am I leading then in a way that pleases the Lord? Or is this just about selfishness and getting what I want? So Father, help us. This isn't easy. Talked about parenting this morning. That's not easy. It's not easy either in 
And sometimes some of these couples are coming out of homes that weren't the greatest examples. Uh, haven't seen loving parents, didn't, some of them not having Christian parents, some uh, having uh, physical abuse in the home and so forth. Some of them not at all seeing a role model, never hearing God's word on, on what they are to be doing in their home. So it's made it more difficult. Some maybe have gotten off to a rough start. And so I pray now that we would just carefully consider your word and make decisions that would please you. <clears throat> With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just like, again, no one looking around, but is there any man that would just raise their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to really work at being a better husband in my home, meaning I need to love my wife more. I need to learn her more so I can lead her more effectively will you pray for me just with an upright you just ask him for prayer okay dear father you have seen these hands they're, they're difficult to raise uh it may every one of us achieve to better our ministry to our spouse so like christ so that he could present us more pure sometimes we become the really the most difficult area for our wife to obey is in the area of the home because of the way that we're living. And so, Father, may we uh, strive to live more godly and effective and efficient homes for your honor and glory. Let's stand together, heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to ask